This podcast is sponsored by Cloud Optimizer. As a business owner or IT manager, are your cloud investment costs going up and you don't know why? It's time for Cloud Optimizer. As you migrate your business to the cloud, what you're spending and why you're spending it can get a little hazy. But Cloud Optimizer clears up the mystery and puts the cloud to work for you. Cloud Optimizer starts by analyzing usage patterns, right-sizing resources, leveraging discounts you may not be aware of, implementing automation, and much more. And by reducing unnecessary expenses and maximizing performance, Cloud Optimizer guarantees you a savings of five times what you spend for their service. As you utilize cloud-based services more and more, you don't have to lose sight or control of your spend. You can stay agile, streamline your costs, and optimize your performance, plus save significant money with Cloud Optimizer. Make the cloud work for you with Cloud Optimizer. Get a free assessment and find out how much you can save by going to cloudoptimizer.com. Go to cloudoptimizer.com for your free assessment. That's cloudoptimizer.com. Steelers fans, what is going on? This is Jeff Hartman, your host of this live Let's Ride podcast. That's right, we're live on the Locker Room app. If you're listening to us on the audio side, which airs on Wednesday, and you're wondering, how do I get this app? Well, it's totally free. Totally free. Go to your iOS store, or now you can actually go to Android, and you can get a beta version, which I know it's not the full application, but basically you can still talk with me every Tuesday You can still join the show, and we can still talk about the Pittsburgh Steelers. But as always, I'm the co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure that is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. It's a part of SB Nation. And wherever you get your podcast, make sure you search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. All right, so like I said, we are live here on Locker Room, and I have saved this topic since last Friday. Since last Friday, I said to myself, I'm getting fired up. I'm getting, I'm feeling a rant coming on. And I talked to Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer. And I said, you know, here's what happened. It's with an NFL player. I want to sound off about it. I want to tie it in with the fans because they had a a part in this as well. And he said, okay, what if you waited? He said, what if you waited until Tuesday night live on the locker room app? to do this show. And I was like, okay, I I didn't want to do it. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm being completely honest. I didn't want to wait. It was fresh in my mind. If it were up to me, I would have taken to the microphone on Friday night. I would have said, I'm going to talk about this right now. And it probably would have been a better rant because, you know, when you wait a whole weekend to let something marinate, a lot of times, you know, calmer heads prevail. uh, And, and, you know, you just kind of cool down a little bit. But I still have to get some stuff off my chest here. So those that are follow the Steelers, and if you follow BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, you read all about this. The Steelers officially had Malik Hooker in for a visit. Now, he's a safety, and he's also extremely injury-prone. I mean, people want to talk about James Conner being injury-prone. That's nothing compared to Malik Hooker. I mean, nothing. This guy's had torn ACLs, labrum issues, He's coming off a ruptured Achilles last season. This this guy's just coming off of his rookie contract. Keep that in mind. He's not like he's a veteran. A seasoned veteran's been playing 10 years, and he's been through some stuff. This is just – and it's not his fault. Injuries happen. I'm not saying it's his fault. 
This is where myself and Malik Hooker go a little bit sideways. I don't mention Malik Hooker once on Twitter. I might have written about it. I wrote about the visit being official for the Steelers. Never once tagged him in anything, none of it. One of my followers actually sends me a message. Now, my theory has always been, I don't have a lot of followers. I have like just shy of 4,000 followers. Okay, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a little ant in the world of like Twitter with these giant followings of these players and stuff. And so I've always said, I'm, I'm not going to follow you back necessarily, but if you follow me and you ask me a question, I'll always answer. And that's still my MO. I stand by that to this day. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. Same as on the locker room app, actually. So I have a follower who sends me a message and says, Jeff, and they tag me, is Malik Hooker. And they tag Malik Hooker in the tweet. Is Malik Hooker not leaving with the deal a bad sign? He's quite the player and I think would be an instant upgrade to our secondary. Uber talented and young. All right, good question. Him leaving. So how do I answer that? I wrote, who knows? I am sure he was checked out by the team doctors. If his Achilles isn't healthy, why sign him? I have no inside information here. It's pure speculation. 100% speculative. And so the person that messages me says, good point. I thought I read a report that he was good to go, but I could have I read wrong, essentially, is what they said. And so I'm going about my day. This is just a normal, casual interaction with one of my followers, someone that listens to my podcast, that asks questions for the mailbag segment every Tuesday. And then I get home from work on Friday, and all of a sudden, I check Twitter, and my notifications were just kind of just kind of exploded. Malik Hooker himself, because he was tagged in the tweet, the initial tweet, responds and says, quote, you ain't read about my health because I haven't even spoken about it to nobody but my close, close folks. And then he puts a bunch of crying, laughing emojis. So this gets me going for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, I felt like he was kind of co- coming after, not me necessarily, but more so the situation. I never once said that he was still hurt. I never once said that his Achilles wasn't healed. I do know that a ruptured Achilles takes a long time to heal. Why I've helped people, not professional athletes, mind you, but I've helped people rehab torn Achilles tendons before, and it is painful, and it is a long, long, arduous process. And so then I start to think to myself, how am I going to respond here? And I didn't respond. Liked his comment, and I said, I'm just going to let it go. But then I started to think, here we have an NFL player an NFL player who is a first-round draft pick who has 53,000 followers on Twitter, and he finds it necessary to respond to a fan that tags him in a tweet, doesn't even mention him other than just tagging him because he asked a question about it. I think to myself, I see this and I'm saying, this guy needs a hobby. Like, this guy really needs to find something better to do with this time. No one said, hey, Malik, you're coming to Pittsburgh. And according to Michael Beck, who is not only our deputy editor, he runs our social media channels as well. Michael said he responds to people all the time. Now, that's great and all, but the one thing that I couldn't get out of my head is, what would this be after a game? 
let's say that Malik Hooker got signed by the Steelers and he has a game that's more that would resemble more of Mike Mitchell than it would anyone else, like a than a good safety like Ryan Clark. Let's say that happens. Well, you know what Steeler fans are gonna do? Oh my gosh, they would be in his mentions and they would be chirping him hard. And what's he going to do? You gonna respond? This guy would be a loose cannon. And from that moment on, I said, I don't even want him in Pittsburgh. I don't want him in Pittsburgh for a lot of reasons. I don't want him in Pittsburgh based on the fact that he is injury prone. We just got rid of our injury prone an injury prone player, Steelers fans. We just got rid of him. James Conner's now in Arizona. That's what everyone hated about James Conner is that he couldn't stay healthy. And so now all of a sudden it's going to be smart to sign a player like Malik Hooker who is more injury prone than James Conner. Yeah, great move, everybody. That's smart. And this leads you to my next thing because Malik Hooker, okay, it is what it is. He responded. But, oh, my gosh, the Steeler fans that got into the mentions after that. Holy cow. People saying, that, oh, people are idiots. Oh, but then – all these people started to like bend their knee to Malik Hooker. Oh, sir, please come to Pittsburgh. Please. What? Get out of here, people. What is wrong with you all? I mean, come on. This guy literally has nothing better to do with his time. Literally nothing better to do with his time. Why? Because he's not on an NFL team right now. He's going from town to town. And they're basically, this is according to what Michael Beck told me as, as it pertains to Malik Hooker and his situation that Malik Hooker did a Instagram live saying that the Steelers brought him in, did a physical, and then said, we'll be in touch. Huh, that sounds interesting. Hmm, that kind of sounds like what Jeff said. I'm sure the team doctors checked him out. Maybe he wasn't ready. Huh, that's interesting. But still, oh, the fans, sir, please come to Pittsburgh, sir. Like they're literally calling him, sir. Then someone says, don't trip on him, Malik. He doesn't know what he's talking about. What? I mean, and then it, it just is unbelievable. Come home, man. You'll be great. Stop stop trying to run. These people are nuts. And so this is where we get, okay, so I'm going to end the Malik Hooker rant. I could go on, but I'm going to stop. But I'm going to end the Malik Hooker rant there because the, he. I, I was fired up Friday. You can ask my wife. I was just like, you got to be kidding me. And so that kind of brings me to my next statement here this is the headline of this of, of this let's ride podcast and I, we have some people that want to talk on a locker room i'd love to hear your take on this but still it is when fans and fanatic get skewed it's really really easy to do and it kind of is a, sli- a slippery slope when you think about all the things um that are going on and and y- you know following a team whatever team it is whatever sport it is doesn't matter it's real easy to just get so inundated with that team that you literally put your blinders on and it's just like you just blindly follow. Um, it, it's just a situation where I think, and trust me, I, I benefit from fanatics. People that listen to my Let's Ride podcast no matter what time of day, no matter what time of year, those are fanatics, but I think most of you have a pretty level head. I would hope so. But my gosh, it just it was a situation that bothered me. I was like, this is unbelievable. Everything from... The, the comment that he made himself, everything to the fan response, oh my gosh, drove me nuts. I hope Malik Hooker doesn't step foot in Pittsburgh, although he's from Pittsburgh or that area. If he wants to go back and visit family, that's fine. I want nothing to do with him in Pittsburgh, not with the Steelers. No, thank you. That's just my stance. Let's get our first speaker on, Nick. He's a longtime listener. What's up, Nick? 
Hey, how you doing, Jeff? Um, uh, I'm great. I'm great now. I got that off my chest. <laughs> hey, it was, it was. I didn't actually know that. I actually follow you on Twitter, and I've tweeted at you a couple times, and you've responded, but I didn't see that whole interaction go down. So it was kind of interesting listening. Actually, the whole reason I'm on tonight is because you teased that on your last Let's Ride, and I was like, oh, I got to listen to what happened. Um, <laughs> it worked. It did. It did. <laughs> um, but uh, the reason I'm on is because I wanted to talk a little bit about Malik Cooker. I do feel like a lot of like Steeler fans are really hyping him up and they really want him to come. But my my thought process kind of is like we don't really have a void that he could fill. It, in my opinion, he's kind of like a center fielder like um, Minka. And like I don't think anyone would put him over Minka, that anyone that's sane at least. And you kind of don't want two guys that are carbon copies of each other working as our safeties. You want a tandem that like complements each other. You know, kind of like Terrell Edmonds is a little bit more of a box safety, and then Mink is a little bit more of a center fielder. So, like, maybe we bring him in for, like, depth, but, like, I don't know. I just don't really see a role for him. I agree 100%. And this is, this is again, where the fans turn to fanatics, and they, they just can't see things. They can't see the forest through the trees. And they literally think, he's a name. We know Malik Hooker's name. Like, this is his name. We can Let's go get him. Why? Because we know his name. Most people probably didn't know Miles Killebrew when they signed him, but they know Malik Hooker, and so let's get Malik Hooker, even though the guy's been plagued by injury since he was drafted by the Colts. And it's a situation where, again, do you think a guy like that's going to want to come to Pittsburgh to just be depth? Only if it's his last resort. If there's no one else picking up the phone, it's the only offer on the table, and it's that or it's you don't play this year. That's the only way I can imagine Malik Hooker goes to Pittsburgh or barring injury to someone, let's say, like Terrell Edmonds or, Lord forbid, I just knocked on wood for those that are superstitious, Minka Fitzpatrick were to get hurt, and then you're thinking, now we need someone to come in and actually play right away. So I I, I don't understand the infatuation with it. Um, Again, I'm going to go back to my response to him, which was, or my response not to him, it was to one of my followers, and that was, he has had a ton of injuries in his NFL career. I just don't want to bring in a player like that. And that's just me. That's just me. But you're right. He's very similar to, to Minka Fitzpatrick, plays a center field type style safety, if you want to put it that way. He would be a depth piece. And I know that safety is a need, but I know, Nick, you're probably like me. There's a lot of other positions I'd rather see them address before safety. Absolutely. And, and especially with Malik, you know, he's a former first rounder you know, high pedigree. So like, I feel like number one, he'd probably want a pretty penny to come here. Um, and again, even if, if he doesn't want a pretty penny, he definitely wants to play, right? Because he's a former yeah. first rounder. He probably wants to make a name for himself. And I just don't see how one of those things would happen. And then look like, I don't know with what's already happened. And like, he's not even on the team yet. And he's not even getting disgruntled from having no playing time or having to sit the bench or whatever. I can only imagine what it'd be like. If he was actually on the team. Well, yeah, and like I said in my little rant, could you imagine if he misses a tackle or misses an interception and he's on social media? That would be a public relations nightmare. Malik Hooker is a, is a public relations nightmare, someone that <laughs> can't turn that feature onto your Twitter account that says, I'm only going to get mentions that I'm going to see from people that I follow. Like that, you got to turn that on, man. Like you got to learn to phase this stuff out. Like it's, I was blown away. I mean, I've tried to reach out to athletes since I started covering the Steelers way back when, just a hope and a prayer. No one ever responds because they've got 
better things to do. Well, right now he doesn't have better things to do because he's unemployed. So I get it. Uh, <laughs> anything else on your mind, Nick? So I actually did have a question for you uh, regarding the secondary as well. Um, sure. So I, I am a little worried um, about our cornered back depth. Uh, and that's where I'm more so worried. I mean, I'm a little worried with safety depth, depth but I am honestly pretty comfortable with Minka and and um, Terrell Edmonds. I do like that pairing. Um, I am a little worried about Cam Sutton. I'm going to be honest. I feel like a lot of people are really pumping him up. And, like, I like him. I think he's a good piece. I just worry that we're seeing the NFL kind of transition to more of a throwing-based league where you need three strong cornerbacks. And I think Cam Sutton was a really strong third cornerback. I worry how he's going to do it number two. Um, and I, I, I guess I just wonder, I don't know. Like, I've seen him play, and I feel like I've seen him get picked on by offenses. And so I'm just kind of wondering where all this, like, kind of hype is coming from for him. Well, the hype comes from the contract. You know, they chose him over Mike Hilton. And I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. They could have signed Mike Hilton if that's who they wanted. They didn't. They wanted Cam Sutton probably because they knew – that Steven Nelson was going to be leaving because he was a cap casualty. So who's the better coverage cornerback of Hilton and Sutton? Well, that's Sutton. That's obvious. And I, I think it depends, and I'm going to hold judgment here on this situation because it, there is cause for concern there. But there are a lot of question marks and a lot of moving pieces that we don't know yet. For instance, is Cam Sutton going to be Steven Nelson's replacement? Or is Cam Sutton just going to be a guy that is going to still flex inside and sub packages, and they're going to put someone else outside. If that's the case, who are they putting outside? Is it going to be Arthur Millette that they picked up from the Jets, who has played cornerback and safety before? Is it someone like Justin Lane or James Pierre? These are all questions that we don't know right now. We have no idea what's going to happen with this secondary situation. I hope, and I keep my fingers crossed, that the Steelers do have a plan. But I just don't know if they actually do have that plan um, until maybe they're waiting to see how it plays out as well. But I do like Cam Sutton's coverage ability. I think he's really good. That's where he ex- that's where he excels. Everyone that thought, oh, he's going to fill Mike Hilton's spot. No, he does not do well there. That's someone else. I do think that he is a player that can be a really, really good piece of the puzzle for the Steelers um, in the secondary. But that's just my take. But, Nick, thank you for chiming in. I appreciate it. Um, absolutely, if you want to talk again. Let me know. We're about at the halfway point. So we're going to take a quick break. If you're listening live on Locker Room, stay tuned. I'm not going anywhere. If you're listening on the audio side, on podcast form, wherever you get your podcasts, or Steelers are behind the steel curtain. We'll be right back after this advertisement. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. I'm your host, Jeff Hartman, co-editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. We are talking about fans turning into fanatics. I told the story at the beginning of the show, if you're listening live and you just tuned in, you missed my rant on my little uh, internet, uh, social media interaction with one Malik Hooker last Friday. So if you missed it live on Locker Room, you're going to have to go check it out on a podcast platform on Wednesday when the live Locker Room sessions go live. That is Wednesday morning. 5 o'clock Eastern time, wherever you get your podcast. 
All right, we have some people watching law or watching. I always say that they're not watching anything; they're listening. Listening in the locker room app. If you want to talk, go ahead and put in a speaker request. In the meantime, I'm going to head over to our Twitter mailbag. My ride or die crew came through and asked some really good questions. Let's start off with Jeremy. Jeremy says, "Okay, Jeff, do you think the growing popularity in national coverage of free agency in blockbuster trades and pretty sure he's talking about like the Julio Jones trade has hurt the hype?" of teams who take the more traditional approach of building from within. It just seems like nobody believes it's a winning approach anymore. That's a great question. That's a really great take. I'm going to go as far as saying I think this is basketball, baseball, and maybe even a little hockey bleeding into the NFL. It used to always be the same thing. It was always the team that built from within was the best. And I do think that's still the case. It still is the case in the National Football League. But that doesn't that doesn't bring in page views. That doesn't move the needle on the television side of things. And that's why they want the teams and they want to pump up the teams that are making those blockbuster moves, those blockbuster trades. Uh, I, I can't say too much as a Steelers fan, considering the Steelers were involved in one of those blockbuster trades just two years ago when they traded to get Minka Fitzpatrick. That was a big trade. I I don't want to underscore that. I don't want to say that the Steelers never do that. I would even say that the Steelers trading up 10 spots to get Devin Bush was that's a big trade. That's a big move. I think that the, the, the game of football is not only becoming more aggressive, but so is the, excuse me, the off the field stuff as well. Meaning there's teams like the Steelers who are traditionally very, very, uh, what's the word? They're very conservative in how they handle the team and how they handle the organization. They're understanding that if, sometimes you got to make a move. Sometimes you have to make a splash. They don't. Th- this is not like the Washington Redskins back when they brought in you know, Bruce Smith and Deion Sanders and all these washed up old players. It's not that. But they're, they're, they're I like to say they're strategic moves. They're making good strategic moves. And yeah, ESPNs and the NFL networks, they're going to love those teams. Why? Not because they necessarily think they're going to be better, but because they are bringing in viewers with them. They're seeing them as, wow, like, look, look at the, what the Atlanta Falcons and the Tennessee Titans just did. Well, guess what everyone's talking about? Since it happened over the weekend, everyone's talking about, are the, in, are the Tennessee Titans now the favorites in the AFC South? And, Ryan Tannehill redoes his deal. Look at his weapons with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry and now Julio Jones. And I could go on and on. So I get what you're saying, Jeremy, but I ultimately think it's just kind of the way that it's evolving, the way that the, the game, the NFL game is evolving. <clears throat> Excuse me. If anyone's listening on the locker room app and you want to talk, just put in a speaker request. We're glad to have you on the show. We're going to continue through this mailbag. Brian Haynes says, do you think if the Steelers start the season 5-0, and that they will actually be recognized as legit. And he uses hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, Brian, for that question. Five and zero. Oh. Well, let's do a little digging here. Let's actually look at this. If the Steelers start five and zero, oh, the first thing I want to do is to figure out well who did they beat. So that's that is that plays a big role in this. By the way, you can say well what if they start five and zero? Oh? What if they start ten and zero? Oh? Well, who are they beating in the process to get to that record? That's going to tell a lot about whether people view them as legitimate or not. So week one, if they beat the Bills on the road, that's a big win. 
That is a big win. You beat the Raiders, which I think the Raiders are going to be a lot better than people other people think. They win that game. Yeah, that's that's another big stepping stone. Then you go to week three. Week three, you have the the Bengals at home. Nah, I don't know. Most people will say the Steelers should win that game. You go to Green Bay in week four. Is Aaron Rodgers the quarterback? If he is and you win that game, yeah, that's legitimate. The Denver Broncos come to Pittsburgh in week five. Uh, I don't know. In the week six, you have the Seattle Seahawks at Heinz Field. If they are 5-0, to to answer your question, Brian, I don't think, you know, if you beat an Aaron Rodgers Green Bay team, you beat the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo, you beat the Raiders at home, you take care of business against the Bengals, you take care of business against the, the Broncos, I don't know why people wouldn't say that's legit. I mean, yeah, I think that's I think they would be viewed that way, but that's just me. That's just me. All right, let's get our next uh, speaker on, Wes Hickok. What's up, Wes? You're muted, buddy. Unmute yourself. Let's talk. Got me? Yes, sir. What's up? How you doing? So, so I haven't read, first of all, I'll, I'll admit, I haven't read the article yet, but I made a comment, obviously, on your Twitter earlier today about the ESPN crap show about how the Pittsburgh Steelers apparently had the worst offseason of any yeah. team in the NFL. And it makes me wonder, did anybody that works for ESPN watch Matt Filer or Alejandro Villanueva play football last year? Because I will never knock Al's pass blocking, which is great. I I think we can agree with that. But when it came to the run game, Matt Filer was a dumpster fire. So was Big Al. And God love him. I think he'll rebound. But so was David DeCastro. Yes, we talked about this the last time I called in. Yes, Hilton was a loss. You know, I think that I don't think it's as big of a loss as it might seem right now because I do, I really do believe in Cam Sutton. But yes, that was a loss. And as good as I think Alex Highsmith is going to be, it's still a step down right now from Bud Dupree. That's, that's a fact. So I get that. But just because we didn't go out and trade for, and this is something you were just talking about a few minutes ago, just because we didn't go out and trade for Julio Jones or sign a free agent to a whopping hundred-plus million-dollar contract, We have always won by not doing that exact thing. Like, it's not, oh, the Steelers are going to suck because they had the worst offseason. Since when? For 50 years, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been a damn good team by not spending hundreds of millions of dollars on somebody else's free agent or going out and trading multiple first-round picks, with the exception of Minka Fitzpatrick, on whatever high-priced player somebody else has on their roster. Like, it's so tiring and exhausting. There are people that I like that work, that like to listen to that work for ESPN, far and few between, mind you, but it's exhausting. It is exhausting. And I also want to remind everybody of one thing. Keep this fresh in everybody's head. 
my prediction for the season, 13-4, and four, AFC Championship against Kansas City, beating Tampa Bay in the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right, Wes. Nice time in, man. I yeah, love, yeah. love that prediction, by the way. So for me, I look at this and I say when it comes to the ESPNs and stuff, that's when you have a situation where you're like, okay, it's a situation where the Steelers might not make the sexy move all the time, but right now, what they saw in this past offseason, they saw on oh, let's, let me put it this way. They saw known commodities leave and unknown commodities now existing. And this is where that narrative is driven from. So Bud Dupree it didn't start off his career well, but became a known commodity. You knew what to expect from Bud every single Sunday that he got on the field. Then you had players like Mike Hilton, a known commodity. Big Al, Alejandro Villanueva, known commodity. Matt Filer, maybe not so much. Okay, but still, so then you lose those known commodities. What are you left with? You're left with players that are anything but. Cam Sutton was great in his role, but is he going to be great in a different role? We don't know. Alex Highsmith showed some serious promise as a rookie. Is he going to be able to fill Bud's shoes? We don't know. Who is going to fill Mike Hilton's spot after they let Steven Nelson walk because he's a cap casualty? We hope that Chuksakor for playing the left tackle can do it. He hasn't done it since college, but we hope that he can get the job done. Zach Banner, never been a really full never been a full time starter in the NFL. He's gonna be right to, that's where this is coming from. So in terms of ESPN, people want to get pissed, and that's fine. But the one thing about ESPN you have to understand is that they're only looking at things on paper. So Bill Barnwell is the staff writer that wrote that article that I then took the, the Pittsburgh section and then just turned it into one an article for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. He's only looking at the roster on paper. He's looking at the depth chart, and he's saying this was an atrocious offseason for the Steelers. I, I, could have, I, I wrote the article for obvious reasons. I knew it was going to get a lot of pages. I knew people were going to want to talk about it. I knew it was going to ruffle feathers. I could have taken that and literally if it was a physical newspaper and thrown it out the window. When he said, recapping the draft, that the Steelers should have gone with offensive line, he said that Christian Derrissaw went at 23. The Steelers drafted 24th. We know this. He said if they would have gotten Derrissaw, it would have been better. That's literally what he said. Well, my response to that is, unless they trade up, how could they get a player that was off the board when they drafted? So that's just kind of the thinking there. Bill Barnwell normally does good stuff. I normally agree with a lot of the stuff that he does. Not in this case. But, Wes, thanks for the call. If anyone else wants to talk on Locker Room, put in a speaker request. We're going to go back to the Twitter mailbag here. We have a few more questions to get to. Ben, he says, what do you think about the safety group? Seems like they're adding talent there just in case they let go of Edmonds next year. Hashtag ride or die crew. Hashtag underdog season. Hashtag five-star matchups. I love it, Ben. Thank you very much. So that's a good question. Um, safety group. I'm not sure what to think about the safety group. When you have a guy like Antoine Brooks Jr., who is a safety, when you have someone like Marcus Allen, who's like a hybrid linebacker safety, you just don't know what to do with these players. You throw in Miles Killebrew, who's actually listed on the Steelers' official roster on their website as a linebacker. I've always viewed him as a safety, but they must have him as a linebacker. You just don't know what's going to happen with these players I do. T- I'll tell you this. I think that the Steelers realize that 
if they let Edmonds go after this season and he hits free agency, that they there's a good chance that they could actually find someone that could replace him. You can't replace Minka Fitzpatrick, in my opinion. His intelligence, his speed, his ball skills, that that his resume speaks for itself. But Terrell Edmonds, on the other hand, although he's gotten better and he's serviceable and he's a diehard, he rarely ever misses games. I feel like Terrell Edmonds is just kind of a, another guy. And I hate saying that because he's a first-round draft pick and it makes you sick to your stomach when you say that. But I feel like he's just another guy. And if you're just looking for another guy, you can find another guy. So I think that might be the, the stance that the Steelers take unless Terrell Edmonds starts making some plays this year, in which case he would be boosting up his own free agent stock. All right, Lori, she's a longtime listener. She says, which second-year player do you think will have a breakout year in 2021? Hashtag ride or die crew. Thank you, Lori. She's from across the pond. Okay. I'm going to throw Chase Claypool out. I think that's the obvious pick. I think everyone would say Claypool would be the guy that everyone's going to say, second-year player, yeah, Claypool. I'm actually going to go. And then again, let's talk about some other players before I give you my pick. When you talk about someone like Kevin Dotson, it's very difficult to gauge whether he has a breakout year. I mean, unless an offensive guard is pancaking people or they're pulling and they're out in space and it's very obvious to the viewer from that's watching television, wow, look at this guy. Number 69 is just plowing people. That's the only way they're going to get that recognition. A lot of the stuff they do on the interior is not going to get noticed. It's going to be tougher to gauge. Same with someone like Carlos Davis. But if I'm going to pick a player, I'll give you one on offense and one on defense. Okay, so my first pick is Alex Highsmith. I think Alex Highsmith is going to have a tremendous season. My question marks that surround Alex Highsmith are not based on his pass rushing ability. No way. No shape, no way, shape, or form. Me, to me, Alex Highsmith is all about my questions, mind you, run stopping. Can he set the edge? Can he come downhill? That's something Bud Dupree was so good at the last two seasons in Pittsburgh. That's my big question about Highsmith. On offense, I really hope it's Anthony McFarland. I think Anthony McFarland can be the change of pace back that can really give the Steelers some options, whether it's him lined up as a receiver, moving him to the slot, getting him in space. I've said it before and I'll say it again. He has something that Najee Harris does not have. Najee Harris has the size. He has the strength, the lateral quickness, the agility, the vision. You name it, he has it except for one thing. He doesn't have breakaway speed. That's something that Ant Ant Mac, Anthony McFarland, does have. So that's who I'll take there. Good question, Lori. Gordon asks, hey, Jeff, if Dwayne Haskins beats Mason Rudolph to the backup quarterback after training camp, do you think Mason request a trade or do you think he just rides the pine cheers hashtag ride or die crew thank you gordon for the question it's a good question so dwayne haskins like i said earlier when i talked about how there were so many unknowns surrounding the steelers team he's just one of them he's one of the many i think he's going to have every opportunity to prove his worth he's going to have every opportunity to actually go out there and say i deserve a roster spot That should be his ultimate goal this season. Just earn a roster spot. Yeah, would it be great if he played well enough that he was the number two quarterback? It would be great. But if Dwayne Haskins can keep his head on straight, can play well enough that the Steelers see a value in him, and they keep him, then he's done a really good job. 
Think about it. He went from he, he was he was cast aside by the most dysfunctional NFL organization, and no one wanted him. Carolina Panthers had they brought him in and said, "Hey, we'll, we'll talk to you, Dwayne." He goes in there, they talk to him. Thanks, but no thanks. We don't. We're not interested. We're not interested. And so then he's he's sitting there. That a team Pittsburgh says, "We'll we'll bring you in. We're only going to pay you bare minimum. Not going to owe you a dime if you don't make the team." He says, "You got a deal." Think about that. So Dwayne Haskins, my gosh, I mean, the pressure's on him. He's got to play well. Could he win the number two? I'm going to be anxious and be very anxious to see how Mike Tomlin handles the preseason with these quarterbacks. We know Roethlisberger's not going to see the field that much. We know that he typically does have a plan. He has a plan for how he utilizes his quarterbacks. Think back to when the battle was for the number two spot between Mason Rudolph and Joshua Dobbs. He would have Mason Rudolph start one game. He'd have Joshua Dobbs start the next game. Then they would split time and go back and forth. If he starts doing that with Dwayne Haskins, and Dwayne Haskins is seeing the field with players that are not the fourth quarter scrubs that you see in the the preseason, if he starts seeing the field in the first quarter of games when Ben's not playing, if he starts seeing it in the second quarter, that means the Steelers are giving him a legit chance to prove himself. Again, a lot of unknowns, and that's just the latest one. So, all right. I'm glad if, if look, I, there might have been some people that listen to my podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, and they were chiming in to hear my rant. I, I did put on Twitter that I was going at 7.30, and if you were a little late and you missed my rant about the Lee Cooker, uh, you're going to have to listen on the podcast side on Wednesday morning. I'll have everything there for you. You can check it out. Um, but ultimately, I want to make sure everyone gets it because I kind of did pump that up, and I know Nick who joined us earlier, he said, I even listened tonight because you pumped this up and you teased it on your show. All right, let's get Wes back on one last time before we call the show. All right. All right, Wes, you're muted. Unmute yourself and let's go. Wes, you there? All right. I guess we don't have Wes. So we'll get out of here. All right, buddy. Wes, next time. Next Tuesday we'll talk. I'm sure we will. Everyone that joined me on Locker Room, thank you very much. You can get that app. It's totally free on iOS or Android. And wherever you want your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. You can subscribe, follow, do whatever you have to do. Make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finished out here. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Have a great night. I'll see you on Friday. Go Steelers.